The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Influencers Edge podcast. We have a different kind of guest today because her initial uh, expertise is in one area, but it's easily mapped over into sales and negotiation. And we're going to be talking about that today. So I want you all to welcome Nicole. Sure. Did I get that? Yeah, you did. Right? Hi, Paul. Nice Hi, to meet you. Hi. Hello. Uh, great to talk to you today. Great to talk to you. So a little bit about your biography. I have it here on my phone. I never <laughs> memorized these. So Nicole Shear has done a TEDx talk on dating. Whoa. So slow down. Right then and there, TEDx talk on dating. How in the world did you pitch TEDx to accept a talk on dating? What was your unique angle, your edge that got them? And did you use what you yourself teach to get that TEDx talk? Yes. So just let you know, my background is in conflict resolution and industrial organizational psychology, which is workplace psychology. Mm -hmm. The reason we go down the path of dating, now you don't date in the workplace, hopefully, Um, but the reason we go down that is one of the things is if you don't have your life, uh, together outside of the workplace, you are going to struggle in the workplace. So we went through that path and dating was our first book. And this is how we discovered the model. The model is, um, we discovered we were reading a book on how to get someone to like you very quickly. I mean, it was just like an NLP type of book. That's what I teach in my alternate identity. (laughs) Yes. And I've done NLP. So I have an NLP certificate um, type of thing. And, and I started to realize, wait a second, there's patterns. People are always speaking who they are and what they need. We are not aware. We are not taught how to listen. And I think that's the biggest thing. And so we started to see, wait a second, people always say they're with the opposite. No, you're with one that's the same and one that's different. So as we started to discover the model, we decided to uh, do research and we did, we've done a lot of observational research and we did research with love is blind with dating because people have to use their words. You can see their body language. The other person can't. So you're actually doing something in a, that you can't foster in a lab. And so we started to see with everyone that there's one that's the same one that's different. And we started to really, really, really narrow this down. And I did. I actually, my TED Talk host, him and I met one need that was the same and one need that was different. 
And when we pitched this, he wanted me to focus more on disabilities. Um, the first part has about disabilities and the struggles with disabilities and dating because he had a disability. Um, and so I did bring that in, but uh, the rest of it's all the model. And so he was like, oh my gosh, dating? And, and, and you could bring this part in? Oh, I want you, you gotta have it. And there's nothing out there on TEDx like it. No, one, no one's doing the dating component the way we've done it. I understand because TEDx can be very politically correct and sensitive to anything that's offensive. So you really have to massage your way in, very much massage your way in. Now, in the pre-interview before the show, I asked you, what was your process of coming up with this model? But before we do that, I want to delve a little bit into your psychology Okay. I like my listeners to get to know my guests. We'll talk about the technical aspects of what you do, but I want to delve into you as a human and ask this question. How did you first discover, what was your discovery that allowed you to recognize that this was going to be your passion? Was it a sudden event? Was it a series of events? What, what was it that sparked your passion and interest in this? Well, I think as I've discovered more of this model, I think we always know, see people around the, as young as three, we've even heard as young as one, people know who they are. What happens is- What does that mean? If we can unpack that again, I like to push the pause button because no, you're good. Uh, many people would say, well, who you are is constantly changing. And Zen Buddhists who I've studied with would say there is no self in there. It's just a constantly arising and shifting do you understand what I'm saying? So what do you mean when you're talking about who you are? It's very ill-defined. I mean, no disrespect to you. No, no you're not. No, I, yeah. I have had this question by other psychologists who do not believe in personality. So yeah. what I mean by that is I learn kinesthetic. I learn by touch. That's not going to mm -hmm. change as I get older. How I process and communicate isn't going to change either. However, how I see the world may affect how my needs language would be. For example, we call one of the needs language, they call them right value, an RV. That RV is, you determine what size your RV is gonna be, what freeway your RV is gonna go on, you know, what kind of a challenge your RV is gonna have. And so that's what we say is the basic components aren't gonna change of who you are. I'm not gonna be five foot eight tomorrow. I can't change that. These are the things that we can't change, you know? Um, and so- Now is it, again, because uh, uh, this brings up more interesting questions. Mm -hmm. Is it your theory or speculation that this, uh, this is hardwired? Is it based on our environment and how we're raised? What What is your speculation on, on how this arises and, and what formulates it? Is it hardwiring in the brain? Oh, how personalities are made? Yeah, or Whoa, if that it is hardwired, hold on, hard, hard, hold on. If it is hardwired in the brain, where's your data, your evidence to support that? So it has to do with how we're formed in the womb. It has to do with how what we hear, because we hear about three months into the womb. Yes. Studies show that. And it has to do with also our environment is going to affect us. But this type of processing, this type of language we are, we've, we kind of figured out that there's a lot of factors involved that I can't really get into. It's a mathematical formula. Whoa, that, you're a math nerd too? <laughs> I'm a math nerd, yeah. Oh, so, if, so if I were to take a parent that was an RV with an RC and then I would- What's an RC? An RC is a right control. 
Um, and I haven't gone over the individual ones. So, but if they were to get together and have a baby, there would be a reason why that child came out that with that particular personality. And it would depend, uh, dependent on each person. And we've been doing research on that as well, which is very, very fascinating. So that's going to affect, um, and then Bruce Lipton, who does um, epigenetics, talks that you can change things, but you're not going to change this. It's like, like what I said, if I learn through a visual, I'm not going to change that learning. Now, however, I can get better with my hearing. I can be more auditory. I can get better, learn better with the other techniques, but that doesn't mean that that core is going to change. That's still going to be my strongest point. Okay, so let's go through each one of the personality types and how you think this would shift or shape someone's approach in a negotiation. Okay, so there's four individual ones and we're two out of the four. So there's right, control, important, and value. And right is about, um, there are a lot of times more justice people they're wanting, they're looking for the best, they think to feel, um, they are uh, they are good or bad. So when you got a, a, a right person, unless there's another one there, you give them one or two choices. If you give them more than that, it'll overwhelm them. Important. So when you say when you say uh, again, I'm interrupting or pausing Perfect. to get better understanding. When you say they're they're uh, right or left, they're no, just right. That's the, the no, 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 no. But you said one of the characteristics is you give them two choices you don't give them more than one choice more than three two choices in most situations a right person especially an rv which i'll get to in a second if you give them more than two choices it's overwhelming because they're seeing one or the other is this going to be good or bad is this going to be the best or the worst and so unless there's another influencer in there of another needs language then it can be a place where they only have it. that's going to be it's going to be overwhelming for more so my is son's this, an RV and I have to give him two choices. If I give him more than that and I have to be more concrete, I can't say, oh, what would make you happy? Would you like peanut butter or would you like ham? It's going to be more like that because okay. happy is too abstract for them. I get it. So it's uh, it's got to do with levels of the abstraction, correct? Yes. Not cognitive deficit because in cognitive behavioral therapy, they would say, that's either or thinking, that's actually a cognitive error, but you're not talking about that. You're talking about the number of choices someone's presented with. So in this personality type, if you have, you've got to make it concrete. You can't just say, it'll make you happy. You've got to say specifically what it is and packed within that, it's got to be only two. You can't do more than that. Is, is going, is, is two for, for most right people. Cause like it's over, cause they, that's how they can focus. And I'll give you some more examples. Yes. So then you've got your control people. Your control people are about their environment. They need their environment a certain way everywhere they go. And that that's what they're about. And they're about steps a lot of times. So these people are more safety-based. They're um they're gonna their hair, I mean, like for example, their hair is gonna be more tidy, their their mannerisms control very controlled, but they need their environment a, a certain way everywhere they go. Wow. That's, yeah, that's that's what the, they are. And there's a lot of the characteristics that go along with that. Then there's the important. The important person is the person that's going for the prize. They see the life through prize. Um, they, uh, they will do things to get noticed, whether they mean to or not. 
and it's just a subconscious thing. Is that um, is, is that similar? Uh, I want to hear your answer, but uh -huh. is that similar to someone who's driven by status? Because that's a deeply wired human need. We're all driven by status. Men particularly are driven by status. It can be, and I will give you some examples. I'd love this. So, this is and then and then value, we call them value. It's not based on morals or values because everyone has them. It's based on cost versus benefit. So they are constantly going, it feeling, it feels to think, oh, is this going to cost me or benefit me? Hippocrates called these people lazy. The reason he called them lazy was because they feel the world and it takes them so long to make a decision and they're slower paced individuals. Everything is cost or benefit. Am I going to eat at this place? Burgers, 15 bucks. Is it worth 15 bucks? Cost, benefit, is it going to be worth? And you you weigh that constantly. And if you can't find a cost or a benefit, you can't make a decision for the life of you. You're like the Jungle Book birds from uh, the old Jungle Book movie. What do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do tonight? I don't know. No, don't start that again. You're, you're literally like that. So you have to go into your other need to be able to make a decision or see a cost or a benefit. Right. When your cost or benefit, you can give more than two options, but it's still good to kind of still keep it in that range because you're focusing as cost or benefit. So if you're saying, okay, I want to show you the reasons why this is going to cost you, boom, show you this is the reasons why this is going to benefit you. That's how you're going to help to have that person help make a decision. So the six types are RC, right control. They're looking for the best environment for themselves and for others. Uh, the RV. We call them the challengers. They think to feel, feel to think constantly in here. Um, and uh, they need, they have to have a challenge that works for them. What does that mean? A challenge that works for them? Unpack Martin, it, Luther, Mar Martin Luther King was an RV. What do you think a challenge he took on? He took on a huge challenge, equality okay. and civil rights. Yes. What about Biden? Biden's an RV. What challenge did he take on? Uh, someone with a huge cognitive deficit being the president. <laughs> I don't know. He took on Trump. That was a challenge for him. It's a big challenge. Yeah. He also took on the challenge of being vice president to Barack Obama, our first black president. That was also a challenge. Yeah, I can see. So that's what I mean by a challenge they feel that will work for them. Yeah. They either are going to feel challenged within themselves and 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 kind of quit in life, or they're going to be attorneys and be very, very successful. Challenge. They have to challenge things. And uh, so that's the RV. Those are the two most common personality types. And there's a reason why they are. Now we're going to go to the third one. Third one's an IR. An IR is like Tiger Woods. They're your sellers. They're looking for the best prize. So, the best price to sell what they have or the best price to buy? The best prize. Oh, prize. Excuse me. Sorry. Prize. So uh -huh. they're also determining what the best prize is, just like we all do. And so they're selling. There are there are a lot, there are some RVs that go into sales. There are some RCs that go into sales. IRs are probably going to be your best salespeople because they're looking at it from that best price perspective. Let's let's unpack that since this okay. podcast is geared towards salespeople, entrepreneurs and if you're not selling entrepreneurs then you're dying in your business do you want me to come back to that because there's three other types after this yes absolutely but no no let's uh, i want you to go to those three other types but let's zone in on on this one just for a moment if we can 
Okay. So tell me again what this one is based on, the central core of it. So they think to feel, and they're looking at the prize. So they're conceptualizing how to get this prize. And don't you dare take their prize away from them. I was in a conference this uh, last week. Really funny. I knew the woman was an IR. could tell by her mannerisms. And uh, someone said, you know, can we have a conference somewhere else next year? She's like, nope, you can't have the conference somewhere next year. Don't you dare take away my prize. Don't you dare take away my prize. It's my best prize. <laughs> and she was doing all these things to make it be the best prize. I mean, she she really she really tried to make it be the best prize for everyone constantly selling the best prize got it please continue i just okay. want to okay so the i so then there's the ic the ic is about their in, uh, the uh, prize in their environment so those are people who are going to be more like your doctors because they have they have very little emotion and they're meant to have that so they can actually take care of our health because if you have someone who's so emotional they, they, they're not going to be able to take care of you. So ICs, we call them the ICs. Let me push back on that one just for a second. A lot of people would say part of being a, a good physician or a good healer is to have some empathy for your, for your patient. So, uh, and a lot of people go into the healing arts precisely because they're empathic and they want to make that kind of impact. So how would you respond to that? I if did I'm tell you in the pre-interview. I do that. That's okay. You're good. If I'm in an emergency, I'm going to want an IC that's a health provider because they're not going to freak out if something doesn't go right. Correct. I got it. Got it. Yeah. So um, that's uh, uh, what we've. I think. I think we believe that uh, we we got uh, that. That's IC. That's an IC. Um, and then there's the uh, CV. We call them the control value. These people need their environment to have benefits. I mean, I'm telling you the positive. Their okay. environment has to have benefits. So they decide how that environment looks with the benefits. They're your support system. They're very boring people. You hardly see them. Uh, you really don't notice them. They, they really are background people. And don't you dare bring them on stage. They will be like, uh, you we drag them kicking and screaming. Right. Yeah. And, and so I love this framework because it's not about someone who doesn't want to go on stage because they're phobic of public speaking. It's just it's, they don't want to be on stage. They want to be background and they want to be support. That's a really great distinction because I do healing work with people who are afraid of public speaking. But this is not a phobia. This is just a strong preference that, hey, look, I want to support. I want to support the star. Yeah. I want to be the cameraman or the key grip or the person who yeah. moves the furniture around don't put me in front of the camera yes and you're they're, they're harder to spot because again they're not noticeable and then the last one's an iv i'm an iv they're important value we feel our prizes so we're different than the ir the ir is thinking their prizes we our prizes have to have benefits so we're about bet prizes with benefits and so the ir thinks to feel their prize, we feel to think our prize, IVs. Yeah, and and as I see it, I think when you're, and give me a reflection on this, because this is a really honest conversation. I like to be vulnerable with, with my clients and my yeah. guests, as well as have my guests be vulnerable with me and my audience. I have found that with that personality type, 
uh, feeling deeply into something can can get in the way of being really structured and looking at all the numbers and being data driven. So are these do these people commonly typically have that kind of challenge of of and how is that challenge you're nodding and what are some ways to address that challenge because you have to be able to be data driven and, and and be structured in order to be successful in business. So I think a lot of it is the first part is we aren't acknowledging these are six patterns that everybody has, no matter what culture, no matter what what you're going, you're you're speaking this constantly, or you're feel when you're feeling bad, these things constantly happen. The first thing is awareness. You have to be aware and you have to know how to address it. One of the reasons the top people are usually RCs managers, and you know, CVs don't usually like to be managers, but they can be. Um, is because they they think to feel. So they're going to they're not going to have to have that feeling to process into words. They have to process their thoughts into feelings. And that's why Hippocrates also called the individual lazy who has who has their I think it's phlegmatic. And I love pushing back. What would you say to people who said Hippocrates he was an ancient Greek philosopher. What the hell did this guy know about modern philosophy and brain wiring and neuroscience and how would you push back against that i'm just playing devil's advocate oh, you're good no then you don't believe in places like enneagrams or myers-briggs I or personally, any, but I, hold on because guess what almost all of our personality models and in psychology is based on his research then young went to him and did his stuff and a oh. lot of stuff like stuff is based young based his stuff off hippocrates so I so what happens is, is we don't realize that most of our personality models come out of Hippocrates research. Jeez, I had no clue. Wow. So we just went back to the beginning. And what we did was, is we added a language component to it. We saw that it was more like one of the things we noticed with the other personality communication, personality models, excuse me, not communication, is that they were not adding communication. They weren't really focusing on what we're speaking. And they were focusing more on the individual versus making it a belonging model. Brene Brown says this, and this is awesome. I read about this in my book before I even found her reference. We need love and belonging. There's a difference between the two. Belonging is our being and in that group. That's why it's called belong. Right. We are bringing our being into, the long, in, into this group. If we do not know who we are, and we are living in an imposter syndrome, or we have not been able to be healthy or skillful in our needs languages. This is where therapy comes in because we're not being taught. It's okay to be us. It's okay to have these needs. How do you have balance in it and listen to other people? I mean, that's just the bottom line. Particularly, I want to support what you said, particularly in Western culture that is so driven to succeed, do it now. And now we have a culture that's so focused around instant gratification, yeah. narcissism, and ADDHD because we're so overstimulated. So mm -hmm. I see your point is it particularly applies to Western culture. I don't know how it would apply to other cultures where they really have a tribe that's much more supportive and automatically inclusive, but I certainly get how it would particularly impact. It, it does impact um, more collective um, cultures because what they do is they'll squash the individual and they'll say, so there's, okay, this is a perfect example. 
we have me and we. If you look at the word me, if you take the M upside down or right side up, it's a W. I'm right. Directionally. So we need me, but we also need we. So we need to learn how to respect ourselves as an individual in community and have our individual voice in community. But at the yeah. same time, we still need to learn how to be collective in society. And yeah. most people and most places have not learned how to do that in a it's skillful a huge, way. It's a huge, huge thing. Huge. And and uh, this is just my contribution to the conversation is I think one of the reasons why our society here in the West continues to deteriorate is it's become so isolating because we're so focused on me, me, me. How do I get it now, now, now? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's really something that's causing a lot of psychological problems and illnesses arise out of that. They arise out of that conflict. A lot of people don't understand the difference between self-care and um self-care and 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 deserve or like i'm entitled i need this right. and there's a huge difference and we need self-care i really am a big proponent on self-care but you also need to know what self-care looks like and it's healthy self-care does not mean shopping and getting yourself into debt self-care does not mean sitting on the couch right. and eating a whole can of bonbons because you had a shitty day at work <laughs> you know that's not self-care Self-care is saying, okay, I'm going to meditate. Self-care is saying, I'm going to go for a walk. Self-care is saying, you know, I, I worked really hard. I made a little extra money. I'm going to go buy a new dress or I'm going to buy a new, new outfit or I'm going to do something special. For me. That's self-care. Self-care is not overindulgence because you deserve it because you want something. Self-care is taking care of yourself so you can be refreshed for the next the next thing that's going to happen. I want to run, normally right, we would, end at half an hour but this is so interesting do you have a few more minutes for me oh, yeah. i'm massively into language i've been doing neurolinguistic programming for 33 years i see the power of language to structure consciousness shape decisions and drive behaviors mm -hmm. so just taking we don't have time to go through all six but just taking one of these how would you structure your language the verbal part of your communication to appeal to them motivate them move them you can pick any one of these six and tell me how you would use language to, to communicate with them. So how I would do it with an IR, because you're talking sales. Right. So what I would do with an IR is I would find the best prize. I would talk to them and see what's the best prize. What's the reward? When you get that prize, what's the reward? So one thing you have to know about an I, and we were having this conversation with someone recently, um, is we need a reward. We need to see that we are a prize or that there's a prize there or a reward. Not everyone else needs that. I mean, it's more, we're more reward based than anyone else. And so what I would do is I would say, okay, so what, 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 what do you consider? What, what, what would you like? What's your goal? Now goal can work for most people, but it doesn't work for everybody, but for them, that's going to work for them. What's your goals? Why is this your goals? What rewards do you see coming from your goals? How do you think that's going to, what, what's the next thing you're going to do? How can this build on it? Uh, oh, that question. How, yeah, where, where can you go with this? So let's look at Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is an IR. He's an important right. He is one of the most successful golfers we have ever seen. The reason why is because he could visualize it and see it going in the hole. 
and he knew he was going for the best prize. The only the only thing was is he also did that with having lots of women and being married because he wasn't allowed to because our society says, oh, you have to be married. And 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 he really wanted to be a player. So let him be a player. If that's what you <laughs> want, be honest with yourself. You need a lot of prizes and just let the women know, hey, I just need a lot of prizes, you know. Um and he dared, was, to, he dared to mess with the Swedish woman. I've dated a Swede and you don't, they're independent, strong, and they will let you know and uh, that you violated them. I don't violate, but you don't mess with Swedes. <laughs> don't do it. No. So what he needed to be was true to himself. That's an example of him not knowing I need the best prize. I need to be able to communicate that. Um, and that's what it was. He constantly needs a new achievement, a new achievement, a new, they're going to be the ones that it's like, nothing is ever enough. They're always yeah. going to more than any of the other ones. This fascinates me so much. I can't, uh, let me ask you with these kind of people, because it's never enough and they have to keep going to get more and more and more. Are they more likely to have imposter sin syndrome? Or they're not. All of them are. All of these can have imposter syndrome. What imposter syndrome is, is wishing you were something you weren't, you were. So like, for example, I'm an IV. And if everyone my whole life told me it's not okay to have prizes, it's not okay to be have prizes, but it's okay to be an RV. It's okay to be, if you're a boy and you're an RV, you're going to be accepted. Then I'm going to want to be in a boy in an RV. That's where that comes from. So then I'm going to try to be more challenging instead of being what I do. I'm not a challenger. That's not how I work. I'm about prizes that feel good. I'm about the people. I played with Barbies when I was growing up. I was all about people. And so and so you're taking away the ability for me to, to do what I naturally do. And so then I'm going to be confused in my identity and I'm going to want to go and try and do something or have or, or act that way, which causes more challenges in my life and causes people to be struggle with me because now they see me as a challenge, which is a false identity. And it goes down that whole pattern. It can happen with any of these. And it happens for various reasons. It's usually society tells us we need to be a certain way. Yes. And we twist it because it's not okay. Like, for example, strong women are not allowed. So we'll be rebellion or we'll be bitches. That is not okay because that gives us a false identity. If you're RC and a woman, you're going to be a strong woman. And that's awesome because we need you there's a reason why you are you are that way and you're about your environment being the best environment you're going to make sure that it's safe you're going to make sure all these things are going in the environment and there's a reason why but don't call yourself a bitch and don't go into rebellion go into skills and embrace your power embrace the fact that you're a strong woman and it is great and it's okay but make sure you listen to yourself and you listen to others love it i also think that's culturally uh, and then we do have to wrap uh, i could talk to you for hours um i also think from my experience from spending significant amounts of time in scandinavian countries that that's part of the culture to be a strong female it's it's strongly encouraged structured that way mm -hmm. nicole how do people stay in the conversation with you what are some resources where they can go to stay in the conversation well i have a website called the needs languages um everything's underneath the needs languages you can go to my youtube channel and watch things i have books on amazon i'm keeping them very reasonable and very cheap i have one on dating 
one on romantic relationships, one on parenting, and one on the workplace. We're putting all of them together right now. We're going to launch that this summer. And I'm also working on a dark personalities book. So we'll have you back on to talk about dark personalities. Yeah. And so we're also, we're working on, um, we're getting our first training now on dating that's coming out this probably this summer as well. And so please come to our website, please check it out. Please get our books again. They're under $10 and the eBooks are like 99 cents. So we've made it so that these first set of books can be really, really easy to access there's more research. There's more. Um, I think more research in the in the workplace one. There's a lot of work I put into that one. And the next book will have, with all of it combined, have even we'll have another section on the self. I have a, I have a chapter on Captain Picard, and how when he changed, <laughs> when, he changed it, when he changed his identity, what happened and how he wasn't happy, the false identity. So that one's going to have all these books with more information. So. That's, that's coming out this summer. So please come to our website. Please check us out. Please go to Amazon and get our books. All right, Nicole, thank you very much for being on the show. I'm going to have you thank back you. because there's so much to unpack here. And we'll catch you next time on The Influencer's Edge. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1. 909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack at sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.